Welcome to the Creative Homeschool Podcast. In this podcast, I'm coming at you to deliver you a weekly dash of creativity to make your homeschool exciting for your kids, but for you too. We're going to explore all of the different ways to creatively homeschool. Games, field trips, unit studies, writing activities, kid businesses, art, and more. I'm your host, Julie Soule, longtime homeschool mom, shenanigan enthusiast, espresso drinker, and founder and co-owner of Soul's Bartlett's Art. I've helped thousands add creativity and joy to their homeschool, and I'm ready to help you too. Ready to get started? Let's go. I have Ari Chung here, author and illustrator of many adorable books, including the Ninja series and Mix, which is beloved by homeschoolers, art teachers, and art lovers everywhere for its sweet way of introducing primary and secondary colors. Now, when Ari isn't working on his next picture book, he is running Creativity School, which is a membership for kids with art lessons taught by award-winning writers and illustrators, including himself. So welcome, Ari. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thanks, Julie. I'm happy to be here. I don't think there's any question that you're a creative person. Yeah. <laughs> um, from writing to illustrating to creating businesses. But how would you define creativity? I think everyone is born creative. And I think creativity is actually very simple. It's when an idea pops in your head or you're motivated to do something. I think the heart of creativity is when you see what could be. And sometimes seeing what could be is being inspired by a book that you read or going for a walk or going to a gallery or or watching a movie and it sparks new ideas. So I actually believe everyone is born creative. One of the things that I like to do is watch movies and talk about the story later. And if you ever watch a movie with friends and you debate about the story, if you have a criticism, it means that you have a different version that you would have liked to see. It means that you're creative and everyone has an opinion, right? Oh, I love that. So Mm -hmm. what I love about what you're saying about creativity is there's a lot of people who often see art, for example, in your picture books, and they feel Mm -hmm. like creativity, I think, comes out of some magical place. And that because they can't reach that magical place, that they're not creative. But what you're saying is that creativity is inspired by the many things around you. Yeah. And thanks for talking about that, because I think where people feel like they're not creative is a misunderstanding. They are creative, but they don't actually have the creative skills. So it's a learning how to draw and learning how to paint, learning how to visually make pictures or to write a story. Those are all creative skills that anybody can learn. And that's what we like to teach kids. And I also teach adults at Storyteller Academy as well. But in terms of the actual creative element, it's all the ideas that come to you naturally. I absolutely love that. Now, there's a lot of listeners Mm -hmm. who might say, well, maybe I feel creative, but I can't even draw a stick figure. Yeah. So what you're (laughs) saying is these are skills that can be taught that just need practice. Yeah, absolutely. And we actually teach kids how to draw with just simple squares, rectangles, triangles, circles, straight lines, curved lines. We break them into simple drawing formulas. We actually call them mental models. And once you learn how to draw that mental model, then you can draw it over and over again. And so it's just a skill. I like in drawing to math. You know, if you had to learn math on your own, it would have been impossible. But learning the simple additions, attractions, fractions, division allows you to do so many more things and allows you to understand math, (laughs) you know, but you're not expected to learn it on your own. Someone taught you. And I think that, 
you know, something that you do as well as I do is that we actually teach kids those design principles, those drawing principles, and it allows them to express their creativity. Now, were you always drawing or did you come to this? I always drew when I was a kid and then I never thought it would be a career. So then I stopped drawing and it was only till I was 21 that I went back to wanting to be an artist. But I always drew a lot as a kid. I just never took it seriously. I didn't think that you could be creative and make a career out of it. (laughs) You know, it's funny, isn't it? How so many of us, we draw all the way up through elementary school. And then there's this long gap where being creative of any kind almost feels a little bit like a guilty pleasure. And then you just kind of want it. So you didn't go straight into the creative field, did you? You went into the fun stuff, like the nine to five uh, number (laughs) crunching spreadsheets where your creativity was what color column on Excel you were going to make. Is, Is that right? Yeah, I well, I, I thought I was going to be a doctor when I first went to college because I wanted to make my parents proud. And then I I always was fascinated with business. I thought I'd go get an MBA and start my career off in consulting, making spreadsheets, like you said. But that's when I was miserable. I wanted to actually do something creative. I actually wanted to make things. So where did you go next? So I, by chance, while I was in my consulting job, met some art students and then I started taking classes at the Academy of Art. But to make a long story short, that inspired me to look at creative careers and where creative companies hired from. And I applied to Pixar because I was in the Bay Area and Pixar was in the Bay Area. And I love Pixar movies. And I actually got a job there. It wasn't a creative job. I was a production scheduler. But it opened up a whole new world of creativity for me while I was at Pixar. Because you get to learn by just being around there. So what's your yeah. favorite Pixar character then? I feel like I should ask. Ooh, favorite Pixar character? Gosh, it's hard to say just one because there's okay. so many great ones. You, you can but... give me two. Okay. Well, I would say I love Remy from Ratatouille because he's an artist. That whole movie is about being an artist. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. My kids just watched that um, about a yeah. month ago. And she's, I want to say, hmm, it's so hard to pick. So many good ones. I'll say Buzz. If I had to pick the second one, I just think Buzz is hilarious. Uh, his delusion is optimism <laughs> about being more than a toy or who he is. <laughs> So and I love uh, Tim Allen. I love Tim Allen's voice as well. So I love what you just said about why mm-hmm. you like that character, about that optimism, about what is or maybe what could be. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like you had a lot of that as far as I know, maybe I want to be doing something else. Absolutely. And I like that saying that, that Buzz says to infinity and beyond, right? It's like, don't stop dreaming and you can achieve those things. So when you were at Pixar, were you dreaming of writing children's books? I was just dreaming of making stories. I thought I wanted to work in film. So I worked at Pixar for three years and I quit Pixar to go to art school to become an artist. Because even though I was at Pixar, I was making spreadsheets all day. I was I was taking art classes on the weekends, but I wasn't getting enough reps. I wasn't putting enough time of actually being an artist. So I knew I had to, at some point, if I was going to really do it, quit and go to art school. So I quit. I went to art school. I went to art center. And I thought I wanted to go back and work in the animation industry, this time as a designer or a storyboard artist. That's what actually I thought that would be a lot of fun. But 
at art school, I took a children's book class and I fell in love with picture books. And that was really where I knew I found my calling. I just love that you can do the whole thing. You can tell the story. You can design the characters. It's 100% yours. And I had known since I worked at Pixar that when you work on a movie, everyone has a very specific job. Everyone works together to create this big product or big movie. Certainly, you're lucky to be a part of this bigger thing, but it's not your vision. It's not your thing. And what I loved about picture books is that you can create your own world. You can create your own story. That book is your product. It's your story. It's your thing that you created. I never thought about it that way as it being totally yours. I think it's one of the very few things you can do as an artist. I mean, being a painter, gallery painter, or a musician, writing your own songs, playing your own music, certainly that can be it. But there's not a lot of things where you have complete artistic control. So how many picture books have you written now? I think it's seven. We have a lot more in the works. I'm actually working on a middle grade novel right now, which is my big creative project I'm working on this year. Well, that was going to be my next question if you ever yeah. hope to to break into that. So, well, that's really it's, exciting. Yeah. It's called Don't Cause Trouble. And it's based on my <laughs> my experience <laughs> of growing up as a Chinese American with immigrant parents. And my dad always saying, don't cause trouble. <laughs> Do you feel like you're causing trouble now? Oh, no. Well, I'm always a little bit. I think that's <laughs> artists are, are a little bit rebels in our own way. Almost yeah. a, a rebel in disguise. You have an idea of what you want to do in the world. So you go do that. And sometimes you have to break some rules along the way, <laughs> you know, or not follow a conventional path. Yes, that that is true. There's a lot of art in copying others to learn. Mm-hmm. And then there's that being able to take art its own way and... I'm just in love with Mixed, by the way. Oh, thanks. Which is incredibly popular with so many different audiences, especially anyone who is in the art world. And I know that our listeners are mostly homeschoolers, but I know art teachers just absolutely love this book. And it's about the colors, but it's about a lot more than that, isn't it? Your books are really good at talking about really hard concepts for kids that they might be going through in really relatable ways. Now, was that intentional or did you start writing and realize that that's what it was becoming? No, it was intentional the whole way. Actually, speaking of creativity, I was riding my bike and I was thinking about my nieces. They're mixed. And this creative idea just came to me. It's like, oh, color theory. Reds, yellows, and blues, that could be used as a metaphor to talk about diversity. And then you take stories and things from your life and you create a story out of it. But I think, you know, really great art, uh, really great stories are able to talk about hard, sophisticated things in very simple ways. And it's finding that metaphor. One of my heroes is Shel Silverstein. I think one of my favorite children's books of his is The Missing Piece. It's so profound. How can you talk about loneliness and companionship and looking for love, basically, companionship, and not finding it? And even when you found it, sometimes it doesn't always last and you go on. And that's so true to life, isn't it? (laughs) Um, It is. So he's one of my storytelling heroes. And I aspire to just tell stories that are deep and simple and profound that touch people. And I'm really fortunate with Mix that this creative idea came to me. I feel like everyone's creative and that creativity is a gift it comes to you, but you have the responsibility to do something with it. 
Responsibility. I love that yeah. word because it's true, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, if you don't do anything with it, an idea is just an idea. It doesn't happen. Sometimes I think we have these ideas mm-hmm. and I was once told, and if you have this idea, how dare you not share it with the rest of the world? And I remember yeah. that it's that same feeling of why are you keeping this amazingness to yourself? Now, Remix just recently came out, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So just this past summer? Yeah, just this past summer. And Remix revisits the neighborhood of colors, but in completely new ways. Now, did you feel like the story, there was still more to be told? Yeah, we're actually working on a whole world of mixed world. And I think of it as telling just relatable stories. So there are so many families that have gone through divorce or separation in some kind of way. And then families that recombine, they form new families. And so they become blended families. And that's what Remix is all about. And it just seemed like a natural next story to tell. But I have some other stories in the works. One of them I'm really excited about. It's called True Colors. And it stars a character who's born blue on the outside, but has a spot of pink on the inside and goes through a transformation to become pink, you know? So I think what's great with the mixed world is they're just circle colors. They're just blobs of color. So you can talk about these sophisticated, hard things in a simple way that's approachable. And you're not, you know, picking on any race or any particular community, you're just using colors and art to talk about things that people go through in a way that kids can understand and they get it. I love this mission that you Mm -hmm. have to tackle some of these things, because I know that kids from all different types of families and situations are often looking for themselves in the books that they read and that they relate to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty incredible that you are doing the work of getting that out there for the kids, but also for the parents who are really struggling to kind of have these conversations, not just for kids who are going through the situation, mm-hmm. but for kids who aren't, but they might have a friend who is. Right. So on behalf of parents everywhere, I'm intensely grateful to you for that. Oh, thanks. Well, I've got more stories to make, so <laughs> I would love one day to look back at the mixed world set of books and see that they really affected and helped kids with social emotional learning and diversity and inclusion and just being tools to not just enjoy stories, but to talk about issues and how to just be better humans. (laughs) Yes. Being better humans. What a beautiful mission for everything that you do. Now that launched your creativity school. We did. It's not just to teach kids art, is it? It's to help them be better humans. That's right. Everything from empowering kids to be able to take their creative ideas and actually make things. I think that's probably one of our biggest reasons to exist is to help empower kids to take their imaginations and actually make things, you know, whether they become artists or not, but having the ability to have an idea, to draw that idea, to make a prototype, to express that idea, to revise it. You know, maybe that leads to them becoming an engineer or a product designer or maybe a designer that that makes certain things or even even in I think every single career has creative aspects to it. And so it helps kids verbally and visually communicate ideas. It's Um, not just about art, is it? You're really aiming at creativity as a whole, art, storytelling, and, and then some. And then the social emotional learning part of it, you know, that's where stories are so powerful is 
through stories, kids can relate to them. And then it's even more powerful when they're able to tell their own stories. So we teach kids creative writing and it makes learning fun. So tell our listeners a little bit more about Creativity School. Who is it set up for? Mm -hmm. And if they were interested, how would they go about enrolling in this special school? So Creativity School is an online after school program, or if you have uh, homeschool kids, it's perfect as you can just slide it in. We have a huge library of courses and we also teach live classes. Uh, we have a different theme every single month. We teach two classes a week. You can go to creativityschool.com to see the schedule as well as to enroll. And yeah, we, we teach everything from painting to drawing to animation to writing stories. We have photography coming up. We also have a summer camp that we run every year. And so it's a really great way to infuse art and creativity into your child's life. And, you know, during a time where a lot of art budgets are being cut or a lot of schools just don't have art programs anymore, that's where we really strive to fill in those gaps. And, you know, something that I was frustrated with when I was a a kid is I wanted to make more things. I wanted to do more things, but there wasn't enough classes. I'll never forget, actually, one year I took music and then the next year I had the ability to take art, but I had to choose between music and art. Oh, I couldn't take- <laughs> yeah. You know, and I know and- that art in most elementary schools is often only once a week. Yeah. We really strive just to be able to grow kids' artistic abilities, those skills, build those creative skills, and then their minds develop because they're able to take ideas and express them. And, you know, a lot of learning art is learning how to think and learning how to learn as well. And it teaches things like patience and growth mindset and and practicing and getting better at a craft and doing it over and over again. So... I think that so many sometimes don't understand that creativity is that craft, that there's all of those skills as a part of it. Mm -hmm. And often I think kids feel like they don't have the patience, but it's also the adults who forget that there's a lot of learning that needs to go into all of those pieces. And the parents often don't know how to support their kids in these endeavors. And I was looking at your schedule right here and I'm looking at September was animal drawing and October was acrylic painting and then November Mm -hmm. was story writing. So you're blending lots of different creative pursuits instead of just drawing or just painting. And I remember seeing your schedule continue to go on and you're talking about photography. So lots of different abilities. And you're saying that members then can join as a monthly member or for the whole year. Yeah. And then do it on their own time and come to the classes too. Yeah. And if you miss classes, there's replay. So you won't miss anything at all. We will make sure that we drop the links to the Creativity School in the show notes so that you can just click that and and check that out if you're interested, as well as to Ari's website so you can purchase one of these incredible books. My kids win as ninjas this Halloween, (laughs) so it was just perfectly timed. So the last thing I'd like to ask you before we get into our rapid fire questions where sure. Ari doesn't know what I'm going to ask yet, but what's one thing that you'd love to share with our listeners that we haven't talked about? Wow. What's one thing? Well, so I know the listeners at home are parents with kids and 
Some of you may be homeschooling. Um, one of the questions I get all the time is, how do I help raise my kids to be the best they can be? And I think the, the two things you can do, obviously, is to love them. But in the beginning, to also just support their exploration of creativity. I think, you know, kids are so creative. And it's ironic because later on in life, when people feel a little bit lost, what do we usually tell people? We usually tell them, oh, remember back when you were a kid? What is it that you love to do? And it was math, clearly. I mean, <laughs> as homeschoolers, I mean, we wake up and our kids just say math. So I, I love that you're saying yes. this because you're yeah. absolutely right. Most kids are often asking to do something that's more creative. And sometimes it's hard as a parent mm -hmm. to recognize that that's just as important as the math, the writing, the grammar that we need to teach our kids as well. Well, I think it all goes together. You know, certainly we all need to be able to have great math skills and verbal and written communication skills as well. Having that passion to explore and learn when you're young oftentimes will lead you to what you want to do later on in life. And so if there's one thing I would ask parents to do is just to support their kids in their creative pursuits and, and in explorations, because you never know how life fits together going forward. And it's easy to look back and say, oh, that's how it all fits together. So I can look back at my journey and say, oh, that's how Pixar helped me become an artist. And I can also look back on my uncle being an entrepreneur and that helped me become an entrepreneur. But it was also all the things I loved when I was a kid that makes me a storyteller now. I love reading Ron Dahl books and Shel Silverstein poems. And I loved watching Disney cartoons and movies and Pixar. And it's led me to becoming my own storyteller. And I think, you know, each one of us are born creative with different gifts. And, you know, the best thing you can do is really just support your kids in their exploration and love them and give them the opportunity to explore. I love the idea of creativity as a vehicle for exploration. Mm-hmm. I think so many of us, when we think creativity, the first immediate is drawing. And we forget that creativity just applies in so many different things. Even my youngest, I had graph paper out and she was exploring that. But the graph paper and that math concept led her into drawing all of these blueprints for homes. Oh, cool. She might and be an architect. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. You just, you just never know. You never know. She you might design know. furniture or she might make certain things. I think that's something that maybe we've gotten away from in school is actually the craft of making things, doing something well, not just scoring well on a test. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But actually making things. I had the honor of kayaking with a couple of med students a year ago, and they mentioned that they needed to have some kind of creative pursuit to even get accepted into med school. Mm. And the reason why is because they needed to be able to think outside the box. That's they right. They needed to understand that it wasn't just about what they were learning. That curiosity of, I wonder what's actually going on here was very necessary, even in a field that we would think that only math and science were really the important ones. I know I was guilty of that. So that was a really interesting conversation. And some of the things that you're saying about creativity just being everywhere. Yeah. If I could add one more thought or note, it's never too late to be creative. You know, sometimes we 
support our kids and tell them to chase their dreams. And then we forget that we have dreams as well. (laughs) So if you're a listener out there and you you have ideas and you want to be creative, I just encourage you to pursue those as well. You know, I truly believe that everyone is creative and we all have inner genius. You know, I feel like those ideas and creativity are, are gifts that come to you. It's just a matter of what do you do with it? You know, do you have the courage to take on that responsibility and say, I'm going to make this thing out of it? I absolutely love that. I want to end on that note right before I pepper you with the rapid fire questions. Sounds good. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Favorite place in the world? Ooh, I want to say Hawaii. 80s song. (laughs) 80s song. (laughs) Uh, Wow. First thing that comes to my head is Michael Jackson, eat it. (laughs) What's your coffee order if you went to Starbucks? Uh, lately, it's been cold brew, uh, no sugar, because I'm trying to cut down on sugar. <laughs> it's just cold brew black. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite crayon color? Crayon color? Ooh, probably orange. Have you ever locked your keys in the car? Oh, like last week. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite dinosaur? I've been told that adults never get to be asked this question. So this is, oh. this is on my list. I want to say a stegosaurus. Okay. And last question. How do you feel about glitter? About glitter? Yeah. Oh, bring it on. Glitter is great. Bring it on. I love it. Well, Ari, it has been an absolute pleasure having you. Thanks, Julie. And for for those of you out here, please give Ari your support. Go purchase one of his books. Go check out Creativity School for your kids. And for you too, because you can always create along with your kids. And if you, like Ari was saying, are feeling like you can't be creative because maybe you're too old, it's never too late to start. I so appreciate you coming on, Ari. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for being here. Okay, everyone. Till next time. running away from writing instead of toward it, chances are you're feeling a little bit frustrated. But that's because so many writing programs out there have kids writing things like tell me about your bedroom instead of things that kids actually want to write. So I'd like to introduce you to the Delicious Diner course. What is it? It's a writing course for kids. It gets them writing effortlessly. They're having fun. They're creating their own delicious diner by marketing, writing help wanted ads, writing recipes, menus, learning about floor plans, writing, grammar, typing, entrepreneurship, and it's all through using Canva. There's even the first section of the course where I'm going to teach kids how to use Canva and how to get started. And if you're not familiar with Canva, you might really like watching it too. Canva is a graphics design software. You can use it completely for free. There is a paid version. You do not need the paid version in order to have fun with this course. But as an introductory offer, We are offering it for $10 off instead of $29. You can grab it for $19. It's a one-time purchase. It's for the entire family. Check the link in the show notes. 
for the link to learn more and sign up and make sure to come hungry.